Welcome to Edwards Beyond the Test, a podcast that goes behind the scenes of the flight test mission at Edwards Air Force Base. I'm Don Waldman from the 412th Test Wing Public Affairs. Brigadier General Matthew Heiger is the commander of the 412th Test Wing at Edwards. In this episode, he will take us beyond the test and discuss a subject that is very important to him, the quality of education for our children and the public schools located on base. Well, sir, thank you so much for your time today and for this virtual opportunity. You know, here at Edwards and across the nation, the school year is just beginning, but we're doing so virtually. General Heiger, would you say that Team Edwards is ready to support this? So the important thing there, Don, uh, is that uh, in a word, yes. So Team Edwards is ready to support the schools. Um, there's, a, there's often a misconception about the schools on Edwards Air Force Base and that uh, they are... They're mission partners of mine, and I am a partner of the, the public school district, in this case, Mirat Joint Unified. And, and so we are in a supporting role of the schools, uh, the public schools on the installation. And to be really candid, we're also in a supporting role of the people that educate their children that live on the installation, but that don't use Mirat Joint Unified as their educational provider of choice. And so in a support role, Team Edwards is, is completely ready, as we have been, over the summer and as we demonstrated, we were able to do in the spring. Um, there are some specific items that we have to partner on and wait for the, I'll say the, the high school or the elementary school to lead on and then we know how to buttress them or uh, augment what they're providing. An example of that is that we are in the process of trying to figure out what our school age center looks like from a staffing perspective. And so opportunities there would be, uh, none of these are final yet, but opportunities are things like, uh, if we have an increased population that are there during the day in the school age center for a variety of reasons, then uh, is there a way that we could layer in people that were not just care providers as the school age center has now, but people that were some type of a hybrid care provider slash tutor, or maybe even outright tutors. And then, and if so, uh, could we lean on or partner with the school district to give us a name or potentially some of their employees in a, in a sharing manner or work with us to find the right people from the local community that wanted to help the, the children in that manner. And that example of partnering in the school age center uh, going into the fall is uh, just one example of the opportunities that we have working with Mirac Joint Unified for the kids that uh, are both res reside on the base and also for children of parents that work on the base but don't necessarily reside here. General Heiger, I've heard that there is a new program or initiative that you're spearheading for our schools on base. It's called the Crisis Task Force for Schools. Sir, can, can you tell us what that program is? Uh, I would love to brag on uh, CTFS, right? So, so you got it right, you got the words right, but uh, I, I, I'm really adamant when I talk about it that I, I emphasize to everyone that it's Crisis Task Force Schools, exclamation point, right? So, so the crisis word that begins and the exclamation point that ends that title is, are very important for, for me and they're very important to communicate the message or the emphasis with which I've dedicated my personal time and the resources of the, uh, the wing that I have the privilege of commanding right now. Um, a task force uh, is, a, is a military term that you carve out of your existing forces and you pull them aside, sometimes full-time, other times part-time, but for a specific item, action, or in this case, a task. Uh, sometimes a task force can be very large. 
Uh, other times it can be something the size of uh, you know, a small program or project. Uh, I would say this is on the smaller end of that spectrum, but it is certainly not small and the impacts will be very large. Um, and, and that task force right now consists of myself and uh, a group that is, if I count here real fast, it's, it's less than 10 people total. Um, everybody on that task force uh, on CTFS is a military member or civilian employee of the Department of the Air Force, and we have one volunteer, and that volunteer is a parent of a, uh, a student at uh, Desert High and also happens to be a military spouse. But uh, she is the only volunteer in the, in the task force. Everybody else, uh, I've carved out some or all of their duty time to participate in the task force and contribute uh, in the group of ex experts that we have. Uh, it's a crisis task force because uh, I don't think we have time to ad admire the problem or the problems anymore. Uh, and I have been aware of that. This is my third assignment at Edwards and the second assignment where I've had children of school age here. And uh, I, I walked in hour one, day one, and said, if I get to make one thing better or address one topic, it's the, the quality of the education that happens inside the classroom of the public schools on Edwards Air Force Base. And so that's, uh, that's this, this organization, this uh, task force is the result of that. And the exclamation point is because I want to drive home to everybody that is no kidding my emphasis. Um, it is literally, Don, my number one priority. It is a higher priority than flight test operations. It is a higher priority than any other installation initiative. It is a higher priority than anything and everything else that I'm going to do in these two years to get this one uh, right and to make significant progress in partnership with the parents, in partnership with my military mission partners here, and in partnership with the schools and uh, other educational opportunities that are available on Edwards Air Force Base. The emphasis there is in partnership with uh, and to get better. Because if you look at what all of those organizations have in common, you quickly boil that down to the children. And the kids that are enrolled in schools, especially public schools here uh, on Edwards, whether they reside here or their parents bring them here for various reasons, uh, are in, a, in an awesome environment with which we should be able to turbocharge their education, especially their STEM education, uh, and hopefully have a, a legacy impact on the STEM, um, the STEM level of expertise in the nation as a whole, not just the, the value or the, the performance of the local schools, but on their impact to the nation as a whole for decades to come. Uh, I, there's a lot more behind that, but I think that's a good uh, header or, or lead in on CTFS. I'm very proud of it. I'm very, very happy to talk about it anytime and every time anybody wants to talk about it. Well, General Heiger, as you were creating this initiative, I understand that you ran a survey seeking feedback about the schools. What did you learn from that survey? So I'm a military officer and I like military campaign planning, right? So we have a, we have a campaign plan uh, and, and we have lines of effort under that campaign plan. Uh, there are five lines of effort. Uh, one of them is data, which Don, I'm sure, uh, being on Edwards Air Force Base and around testers for a long time, that doesn't surprise you that that I want data. But I don't want data just for data's sake. I want data because I need it. I need to learn. I need to find out where my biases and blind spots are. Uh, and I'm sure that the leaders from my partner and peer organizations in the schools or the education domain also want to know where their gaps and seams and blind spots are too. And so one of the ways that you fill those in is you collect a lot of data. You, you want the data to be reliable, repeatable, uh, and other things like that. And so in this case, 
a large part of the data that we've collected to date was from that, that survey that you alluded to. And the survey went out uh, with the help of uh, a couple experts in, uh, on, in, on your team at the Edwards PA shop to all of, went out to a wide email distribution uh, on the uh, Air Force network, uh, unclassified network here on the base. And the survey was a, a self-selecting survey that, and effectively what we were trying to get to were active duty parents with children of school ages and then find out and learn what their decision space was on why would you why did you choose to enroll or not enroll your children on base why did you decide to live on or off base especially if it was an educational reason um, we got a good response from that uh, it was you know well into the hundred plus uh, number of respondents and a lot of the data that we have uh, is um, it's sortable to an to an extent, but a lot of it is subjective. And so we learned that uh, there are resonant reasons why people decide to enroll their children on base. Uh, for example, one of those primary ones that the survey highlighted, but we didn't know how, where it would be in the pecking order, but we learned that proximity is the overwhelming driver on why people choose to enroll their children uh, in the schools on Edwards. Uh, now the, the, did you choose to live on Edwards uh, for the school reasons? and therefore enroll your kids? Or did you choose to live on Edwards for other reasons? And because you live on Edwards, therefore you enroll your kids. We don't have that level of fidelity yet, but the, the thing going forward on surveys and data under the crisis task force schools is that uh, when we run a similar survey later this year, I, I think it's gonna get out in uh, late September or October, we hope to add in additional information and make sure the data we collected this spring will be um, mergeable with the data that we collect this fall and any subsequent surveys that we do. So we can look for changes over time, we can look for robustness in the data, uh, and we can hopefully increase the decision quality of the information that we learn by the, the analysis of the data. Um, let me foot stomp real fast. Uh, one of the big things we learned and we could have done it better on that survey was a lot of the feedback that I received personally and that the team got was that uh, why do you not why did you not survey civilians or civilian parents of children that are on base? And uh, there were logical reasons for that. They were primarily driven by uh, the speed with which we needed to get out the survey. Uh, but we're incorporating that piece of information and feedback into this fall's launch of the survey. Uh, and so we're structuring the survey and we're structuring the survey access this fall to include. Uh, hopefully 100% of all of the families that have an option to enroll their children K through 12 uh, in public schools at Edwards. And that will necessarily include all civilians, not just government civilians or contractors, but others as well that have an option to do that. So that's uh, a little bit about the survey and the data and, uh, and the crisis task force as we move forward. Well, we will look for that next survey coming out, as you said, in uh, in the coming days. General Higer, you know, the Muroc Unified School District, which is our on-base schools are part of, is a very small district, not a lot of funding there. What are some of those creative means that can be used to recruit and maintain quality teachers and staff? This is where I, I, I follow the lead. I'd be a good wingman to the Muroc Joint Unified School District leadership. Um, so... The creative ways and means, because you need both, uh, to recruit and, and retain quality education uh, is really uh, uh, follow the lead of the leaders of the district. So 
the superintendent and I uh, talk on a recurring and regular basis. Uh, the superintendent of Murak Joint Unified School District uh, talks all the time to the uh, mission support group commander here and also to the uh, installation vice commander. Uh, and their partnership and their, their personal relationships have been very beneficial in a lot of things that benefit the kids in the district that also reside on the base. Um, because he is in the lead for recruiting and retention of his entire workforce, not just the instructors and the teachers. Uh, we have to look for ways that he can tell us where he needs additional help and assistance. Uh, it's very clear to anyone that, that knows uh, US fiscal law that we can't augment them with money. So one of the things that we can do is augment them with prestige. We can augment them with uh, you know parents and families that are excited to be there. Uh, we can augment them with uh, parent-teacher organizations and other community partner and community outreach uh, programs and organizations that uh, can really augment or bolster what they are doing despite their limited funding or limited fiscal resources. Uh, a couple examples of things that uh, are above the local level, however, that I'm very passionate and adamant about are that the um, the secretaries of the Air Force, the Army, uh, and the Department of the Navy uh, published a, a while back uh, a statement to the community leaders in, in the entirety of the United States that when we look at strategic basing decisions for future mission sets, uh, like when we, if we were to bed down a whole new uh, mission here at Edwards, uh, there would be other places that would like to have that mission set as well. And one of the criteria that uh, the Department of Defense is going to use going forward on how to decide where to bed down a mission is the quality of the school. And, and this is where the two connect, also the ease with which military spouses can move their careers and professions. So that's a reciprocity issue. And, and these two uh, connect perfectly in the fact that the state of California right now, in my very strong professional opinion, has a lot of growth and a lot of opportunity left in accepting certified teachers that PCS into Edwards uh, as part of a military team. And so that is one way that I ne can't necessarily help funding for the local school district, but increasing the, um, increasing the population from which uh, Muroc can choose its high caliber instructors to include military spouses on their first day or their first month here in California would be a huge benefit for the district in my strong opinion. And it would certainly be a huge benefit for those families with the teaching professional in the mix. And I think therefore it would be a great benefit to the children that uh, work on, uh, sorry, that, that attend school on the installation. Uh, at a slightly larger scale, uh, those teachers and their reciprocity would also be available to teach at other schools that are not on the base, but also in the district. So I think there's, there's benefit for our, our very close aboard community partners in Boron and also in North Edwards. General Heiger, before we move on to talking a little bit uh, away from this subject, do you want to add anything else about the Crisis Task Force schools? So I, there's a lot I'd love to, to brag on and talk about Crisis Task Force schools. I'll, I'll give you some of the progress we've already made in, in conjunction with uh, the, the local schools on base. So one of the things that uh, was a, is a line of effort is that um, my Crisis Task Force uh, is going to be a demanding customer. And, and by demanding, I don't mean confrontational or adversarial. I mean uh, being very clear and very adamant of where we assess the district or the specific schools 
to have gaps or ways they can they can be better or perform better and then partnering with them on on how to do that a great i mean an exceptional example of that at the uh, high school uh, we have uh, enabled and helped the high school find better ways to offer college credit or dual credit classes for kids that have progress to the point where they're past the curriculum available at, at Desert Junior Senior High, or they need breadth that's not available in the curriculum at Desert Junior Senior High, and then reaching to community colleges to get that credit. So that is an example that the task force has worked with uh, Desert High and the principal there on uh, for progress, and it's good for the students, it's good for the school, and it is also uh, good for the community writ large. At the elementary school level, uh, one of the things in as a demanding customer of Mirage Joint Unified that we've done. Uh, we partnered uh, late this spring and into the summer with the principal there to grow uh, in a very logical next step, grow the differentiated instruction opportunities for mathematics from the existing uh, differentiated instruction available in fifth grade to also include differentiated instruction for math in fourth grade and potentially grow the differentiated instruction in fifth grade from math to other subjects. And so that's a way to, especially in math, but it applies in other subjects as well, that's a way to meet kids where they're at. And if you have three classes worth of, of fifth graders or fourth graders, uh, and you can divide that class into the, 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 the top performing mathematics kids, the middle, you know, heart of the envelope performing mathematics kids, and the kids that are doing good but, but need a little boost, if you can divide them into those three cohorts, and then focus on the need of the cohort, uh, the educational theory and practice shows that you'll advance all the kids uh, better than if you try to commingle all three and just teach to the median. And, and that type of partnering was, was a good example of what was already in place for fifth grade. And uh, we were able to successfully work with the leadership at uh, the elementary school to expand it slightly. And, and we'll see how that uh, bears fruit. I predict great success for the students and for the teachers involved and therefore expect that progress or that differentiated instruction to grow as well. You know, as we mentioned earlier, the school year is just getting started, but virtually and historically our awesome Team Edwards members have volunteered at the schools for various programs like robotics and STEM activities, mentoring and so on. General Heiger, is that volunteer work able to continue despite the COVID pandemic? Yeah, so uh, you said the, the, the five letter C word, uh, I, uh, I, I think that, that, so here's what I've done on, on that topic in general, and then I'll talk specifically about the volunteers that we've done uh, in pre-COVID. Um, I, I assess, and I, I currently uh, assert strongly that COVID is extremely uh, ubiquitous. It's everywhere, and, it, and we should assume that it can be everywhere, but it's in every community, every town, every county in America, literally. Uh, and so it's extremely ubiquitous. So preventing the spread to areas and pockets that it doesn't exist is a ship that sailed. Uh, the other thing that I believe we're starting to learn and the data is supporting is that uh, uh, COVID-19 as a novel virus uh, is actually showing a lot more staying power and therefore I think it's gonna be endemic. Uh, I'm certainly not an epidemiologist, but uh, I, I read a lot and I listen to a lot and I understand scientific method. And, and right now what I'm hearing from the experts in those fields and, and reading and learning about that is that while we will be able to suppress it significantly, our chances of actually removing it from our environment anytime in the foreseeable future is actually very low. Uh, so there will never be a, again, Matt Heiger's opinion, a return to pre-COVID. This will be a post-COVID new normal. 
given that, that we need to think about what the new normal in a COVID world looks like because COVID is extremely, and uh, because it's extremely ubiquitous and it's also endemic, uh, how do you continue to get the greatness of putting super talented, super fired up Team Edwards uh, tech folks with kids to help them where they need help and to inspire them in ways that they never knew they wanted to learn? Um, that is a challenge. It's a, it was a challenge before COVID and it's certainly a challenge in COVID. One of the one of the ways that we're doing it is the partner and volunteering is still around and available. And that was on a uh, by person and by teacher and by subject matter, and that's still there. But another way that we are growing the partnering between volunteers at Edwards and the schools, not just on Edwards, but anyone that wants to participate is in conjunction with our air show. Uh, the air show week in October, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, will have virtual air show components targeted at uh, K through 12 uh, Americans in, in the various subjects that are very available and visible here at Edwards. And so that's one of the opportunities to partner with educators who can tailor their curriculum or their, their curriculum planning to, to lean on some of those subjects and topics that we have that will be STEM uh, in general, but they'll be very tactical and very specific uh, during the week of the air show. So those are, uh, it's a relatively long answer to your short question, but uh, we have the tutoring and the partnering available still. And in addition to that, COVID and everybody being online actually opens up tremendous opportunity and one of the ways we're gonna capture that opportunity and broadcast the goodness of STEM, the goodness of the military and the Air Force in specific to include the Space Force now, and also the, the greatness at Edwards is uh, via those four days leading up to the uh, flying portion of the air show in October. Okay, well, General Heiger, I can't thank you enough for your time today. Before I let you go though, there's a question I always ask all the guests on this program. Can you tell us what it means to you to be here at Edwards? I know it's your third assignment here and, and you're working at the center of the aerospace testing universe. What does that mean to you? It's, uh, so it, it, it gives me chills and, and goosebumps to even try to think about that, Don. Uh, I, and that's a literal statement. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an anecdote. Um, on my second assignment here, uh, my office was just down the street and, uh, I walked out, I walked out at the front door of, uh, of the building, uh, across a very short, uh, parking lot to where my car was parked. And, uh, and it was, uh, just after sunset on the ground, but the sky was still a bright blue. So the upper atmosphere was still, uh, in line to the sun. And as I looked left, uh, as I often do, as I, I left that building, there's a, an airplane on a stick there, which has tremendous historical significance and impact in and of itself. But highlighted behind that airplane on a stick, that static display of a, of a unique airplane, was the rocket trail of a, of, a, um, of a missile or a rocket or a spacecraft that had just been launched out of Annenberg. And, and you could see the white trail uh, where it had been moved by the upper atmosphere, where it had been sliced by the wind layers, and it was a whole variety of colors uh, as it went up through the, uh, the setting sun into the atmosphere. And, and I, 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 it, it was a moment that you just don't get any other place on the planet. Uh, to be standing on the dirt in front of the building uh, that has, has had so many amazing uh, test professionals and, and super smart, innovative uh, tech folks in it. And to be looking west uh, at a scene like that on a calm afternoon, evening in the Mojave Desert with that foreground picture of the airplane and the, uh, the rocket trail and the plume and, and then the greatness that is a Western American sunset all in one is, is really a, a great visual of the, the impact and the power that happens 
to, to impact me personally, very deeply, and, and, and almost religiously when I'm here and I have those moments. So, Don, I don't know if that answers your question or not, but that's, that's an example of what it means to me. And if I can dig that picture out, I'll, I'll happily, uh, happily share it with you. Many thanks to today's guest, 412th Test Wing Commander, Brigadier General Matthew Heiger, for taking time out to share his story and for taking us beyond the test. Thanks to all for joining us. I'm Don Waldman for Edwards, Beyond the Test. <laughs>